chapter thirty six of tarano the conqueror by ray cummings this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tony oliva city of ice besieged we were not greatly harmed by this surprise attack the power-house was superficially damaged but soon repaired that night i call it that though the constant weak daylight made the term incongruous activity showed in the city of ice it came with a vertical spray of light rising from the ice wall which encircled the city spreading light beams rising from points a hundred feet apart along the wall the beams spread fan-shaped so that within fifty feet above their source they met and merged into a thin sheet of effulgence rising into the sky tarano's barrage it seemed then that beyond suicidal sorties of the kind we had just repulsed tarano was planning to stand purely on the defensive it was our own plan to surround the city with our towers even those on the further side would be within range of our powerhouse and with the city thus beleaguered we would attack the wall from every side at once we tested now this barrage tarano had thrown up sprays of its insulated area came down to protect the wall in front and protected also the triangular spaces between the sources of the main beams tentatively one of our towers approached within range but our rays only beat into the barrage with the hiss of molten metal plunged into water and with a burst of interference sparks even at a horizontal thousand feet we could do nothing then we tried altitude our projectors mounted individually on small platforms automatically controlled to fly without human pilot went up and we strove to get them over the barrage at five thousand feet one went over safely but the electronic bomb it dropped into the city was an easy mark for tarano's watchful defense rays he exploded it harmlessly when it was still high above him after the next time of sleep we invested the city our towers were set in a ring about it two thousand feet from the wall they were mobile units ready to sail forward or back or upward at any moment georg stayed in command of the instrument room it was never placed but sailed continuously in slow circular flight around the city above our line the powerhouse remained in its place with our largest projector mounted on the cliff beside it in order to frustrate any further attacks they were solemn moments as we broke our encampment the girls far more agile in the air than men were lightly dressed with the supporting mechanism strapped to them the heating units enveloped them in an invisible cloak of warm air to their left arms a strapped cylinder gave off a fan-shaped area of insulation an almost invisible shield of protective barrage some five feet long it showed as a faint glow of light and in flight their left arms could swing it like a shield to protect their bodies they had telephonic earpieces available 
a tiny mirror fastened to their chests to face them upon which georg or general rialton could project images a mouthpiece for talking to georg and a belt of offensive weapons useful within a range of five hundred feet but no further very alert and agile twisting and turning in the air were these girls we men were similarly equipped but our movements in the air were heavier clumsier elza and i had practiced with the others for days and with our harmless dueling rays i had found that i could never hope to hit her while she dealt me mortal blows elza commanding a squad of twenty girls was assigned to a portion of the line some helans from me my own place with a hundred men under me was near a tower almost on the opposite side from the powerhouse it was a solemn parting from elza i wrapped her in my arms tried to smile be very careful elza she kissed me clung to me then cast me off and was gone with the city invested we rested idly for another time of sleep occasionally we made a tentative tower attack which came to nothing tarrano waited his barrage remained the same we tried to provoke a move from him but could not the snow plain where i was stationed here was similar to the other side save that there were no mountains from the powerhouse to tarrano's wall there was a dip so that the wall stood upon higher ground on my side however the reverse was true the wall lay in a hollow in one place with a steady upward slope back from it to uplands behind us as though in some better day a broad watercourse had flowed down here now long since buried in the solid ice and snow i mention this topography because it had a vital bearing upon what so soon was to transpire rialton desired that tarrano come out and attack us but tarrano would not we thought perhaps that his offence was inadequate and the one move that he made strengthened that belief from the city beside the palace a rectangle of black metal some fifty feet square rose slowly up in aspect it was a square windowless room a room without a ceiling open at the top it rose to a height of five hundred feet and hung level and from it depended dangling power cables connecting it with the ground it was the presence of these cables that made us feel tarrano was offensively weak he could not aerially transport his power hence for offence he could only rely upon individual batteries which unless permanently stationed within the city we knew would have a short range at best we watched this thing in the air for hours it did not move it was soundless what was its purpose we could not guess and then at last general rialton ordered us all to the attack End of chapter thirty six